Do you know what type of doctor you want to be? With over 160 medical specialties and the rapid pace of medical school, choosing your final path in medicine can be challenging. MedicMath is here to help. Each episode features an interview with a practicing physician across a broad array of specialties and backgrounds. Tune in to discover the insights these professionals have to offer and to get all the juicy details to help you map your career in medicine. Happy listening! On today's episode of MedicMap, we will focus on the field of neuropsychiatry. And it is not uncommon to have heard about this particular specialty for the first time today. I actually learned about it a couple weeks ago, and here's what I know so far. So becoming a neuropsychiatrist requires a fellowship following five years of residency training as a psychiatrist. And while fellowships for neuropsychiatry are common in the States, there are very few programs in Canada that offer these fellowships, one of them being Calgary. Now, there may be different ways to practice within the scope of a neuropsychiatrist without doing the fellowship, but this varies from province to province and from institutions or programs. And I know this summary sounds extremely vague, but luckily we have an expert, Dr. Megan Howlett, a neuropsychiatry fellow in Calgary, to tell us about a career in neuropsychiatry. So without further ado, I welcome Dr. Howlett to the MedicMap. How are you, Dr. Howlett? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for being on the show. And why don't we start with you telling our listeners a little bit about your path uh, to where you're at now, your path in uh, neuropsychiatry, how you kind of got there, and what was your journey like in medical school? Yeah, so I did my medical training at the U of A, University of Alberta, um, and then came to Calgary for my residency in psychiatry. And now I'm in my neuropsychiatry fellowship year. Um, And so that usually comprises of the fifth year of your psychiatry residency and then adding a sixth year to that subspecialty training. And so I'm in the midst of that sixth year right now and planning to be a neuropsychiatrist come next summer. And so my path to get here basically entailed um, kind of knowing that I wanted to be a doctor, but not knowing at all what that meant, as I think many of us do when we start this path. Um, And then I was very interested in psychology and neurosciences when I was in my undergraduate degree. Uh, When I moved into med school, I thought I would maybe be a neurologist, thought about family medicine, um, did electives in both of those things, but ultimately um, chose psychiatry and ended up doing most of my electives and applying only to psychiatry when it came to CARMS. Um, But here I am in hindsight, still interested in neurology, and so pursuing the subspecialty, kind of overlapping the worlds of psychiatry and neurology. And maybe just to explain a little bit what neuropsychiatry is, because I think there's very few um, practicing neuropsychiatrists in general. And uh, what it typically would entail is that any neurologic condition that can affect the brain can lead to mental health symptoms and a high level of mental health comorbidity. And so really our role is to help treat people who have neurologic illnesses causing or worsening or being implicated in some way with mental health symptoms. So that's where the specialty is mostly focused. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that definition. Because when I looked it up online, I got like a very general statement of it's the practice of psychiatry via neurology. And that didn't explain anything. I felt like I could have came up with that just reading the like the title myself. So thank you. That will be really helpful. I've heard of neuropsychiatry for the first time just recently, which is kind of odd. Is, is there a reason why? Is that less popular in Canada? I know we talked a little bit about the logistics of fellowships and like locations. So could you kind of expand on that as well? Yeah, so 
the specialty itself probably has been around for since the days of Charcot, um, but us calling it neuropsychiatry and kind of um, having formal training is probably a newer um, a newer subspecialty that's been available, especially here in Canada. So there's two programs in Canada that have this United Council for Neurologic Subspecialties designation, UCNS. And so our accreditation is actually an American program. And so only Vancouver and Calgary now, I'm actually the first um, official fellow once we got that accreditation. There's been uh, fellows before me who have done the same kind of programming. But since we um, got that UCNS designation, it's only been a year old. And uh, Vancouver's been doing it for at least 10. I'm not sure exactly how long, but they've had their program for quite some time. And other than that, I don't believe there's other programs in Canada, but several in the United States that have this format. And the the kind of credentials you get at the end, it's called a Behavioral Neurology and Neuropsychiatry Fellowship. Okay, good to know. So with the logistics of that, are there any sort of um, tips that you would give to someone who might want to go the neuropsychiatry route if they decide to specialize in psychiatry? Is there is there any like sort of skills that they need to have or how would you go about sort of navigating that path? Yeah, I, I think um, having an interest in neurology is kind of the, the gateway for being interested in this area of psychiatry. Um, and then so, you know, most actually all residency programs in Canada for psychiatry have mandatory neurology blocks, usually about two blocks in your first year of residency. And so I think any opportunities you have um, in medical school and in residency to kind of see both worlds and see if this interests you, both neurology, psychiatry, and then if you have access to a neuropsychiatrist in, who, in whom you can like shadow and see what that is like. That's kind of how I ended up here in the end is that I really enjoyed my neurology rotations. Um, I did some neurology electives in medical school, but just ultimately felt psychiatry was the better fit. Uh, and then in terms of like, if someone is going through psychiatry residency and feels like this is the right fit for them, how, how do you go about that? Um, I believe there are like kind of um, non-accredited other options for more informal fellowships in, in bigger centers. Um, but for the two designated programs, my understanding is usually once every year or two years, depending on preceptor um, teaching availability. So it's not that common. There's, As far as I know, there's two of us fellows here in the country right now, one in Vancouver and myself. Um, but I would say that overall, uh, people who are interested in this, there's not a huge group at this time. So it's not like um, we were in like a comp- competition to get these spots per se. And there's many options in the United States as well that I know multiple people who have gone for their neuropsychiatry fellowships at Stanford or other places in the United States. So um, it's not just these two spots in Canada. Lots of people go away for this year of training and come back. That practice is more common in neurology to do your fellowship elsewhere. Um, fellowships as a whole are not that common in psychiatry. So um, is there anything else kind of specific to that path or questions you had about that? I guess in Canada, with like the limited number of programs that we have, would you say it would be beneficial for someone who's interested in that path to target a specific location that offers that program? Or do you think that, you know, someone who is outside of these provinces and these programs still stands a chance for getting into the program? I think that I I think there definitely is room. Um, I think Vancouver often takes people from different provinces. Um, 
us being brand new, that hasn't been the case yet, but I think it's totally an option. How it would change things is that for my fellowship, I did my neurology blocks as a fellow in my fifth year. And so um, it's a little bit confusing because psychiatry residency is five years. But when you do a subspecialty, you spend your fifth year plus one extra, a sixth year on that subspecialty. And so my fifth year of psychiatry, I was on neurology for half of it. Um, And so that is easier to do if you are located in a center that has the fellowship, Um, usually because your residency funding is tied to your province. And so, you know, if I was going to Vancouver, I likely would not have been able to go there for my fifth and sixth year. I would have just gone for a sixth year because my funding is tied to para here in Alberta, if that makes sense. And so uh, I think that people are definitely accepted, but it may change the structure of what your fifth year looks like more than coming for the sixth year would be less of a concern. Okay, that's so that's so clear. Thank you so much. And speaking with regards to electives and like following the path of how to organize uh, your CARMS application and all of that, what are your tips for kind of doing well on CARMS with regards to matching in psychiatry? Yeah, I think um, I knew pretty quickly and I, I went to a four-year program. And so I had the time to kind of do some electives in neurology and family medicine, but also find uh, psychiatry pretty early on still in that. And so I focused the rest of my electives on psychiatry thereafter. And I tried to get a smattering of different areas of psychiatry. Uh, I went through CARMS in 2018. And so I think things have changed in regards to like visiting electives, how many electives you can do in a certain specialty. Um, but I spent the majority of my electives on psychiatry. And, uh, I don't know that that was the make or break for my application. I think I just tried to show a genuine interest overall. Um, My research wasn't psychiatry specific. It was semi-related, but in geriatrics. Um, But I did a lot of extracurricular things kind of around mental health awareness and advocacy in that realm. So I think I showed my interest in other ways. Plus I targeted electives. But being on the other side, I have been a chief resident here in Calgary and involved in the CARMS process. And I think as I move along in my training, what the CARMS um, evaluators are really looking for is for people who are going to be good teammates <laughs> and are well-rounded and care about like a lot of different areas. And so I think it was actually to my advantage that I was interested in multiple different areas. And, um, you know, I had a targeted application, but with a breadth of kind of other things that interested me too. And I I think that's kind of, I know what we've looked for here is people who are well-rounded and going to work good in a team. Um, Those things kind of shine through in your application in other ways. Okay. Thank you. So currently we're in a state of chaos here because we're actually selecting our electives for next year. It's been really hard for a lot of students because there's no template for, oh, how do I look good if I want to match to, for example, ophthalmology? Like what other electives do I take? Right. Because there's a certain cap on how many we can take in a certain subspecialty. So if you were to speak with regards to psychiatry, what sort of uh, subspecialties and specialties sort of align with that? And would would you be impressed with if you were to look at an application and say, this person's definitely interested in this field and they have that breadth of knowledge that they're bringing to the table? Yeah. Yeah. I have mixed feelings on the cap on specialties because I think it differs from program to program, how that is advantageous or not. And so I think, you know, doing as many as you can in an area, you're like, I I really want to end up in this field is probably the first advice. But then I do think it's helpful to kind of see other areas, um, both to like make sure you're making the right decision and also to kind of round out your knowledge in relevant ways. 
And so the most relevant um, subspecialties, I think, for psychiatry would probably be neurology, potentially emergency medicine. Um, those would be kind of the two main ones that come up. Um, psychiatrists are also like often involved with consults on the internal medicine wards, pediatric wards, those kinds of things. So it's really kind of, and, and family medicine, I mean, has a lot of mental health concerns as well. So any of those kind of general specialties um, could be helpful. When I went through, I tried to pick um, psychiatry electives that were a little bit uh, more broad so that I could see various areas. So I did some forensics electives. Um, I did inpatient, outpatient, um, kind of just tried to see the different areas too that I would have to do in residency and could be part of my future career. And I found that helpful. Um, and then I think neurology, I mean, I'm biased because I'm going to be a neuropsychiatrist, but neurology is very, very relevant. And there's a lot of overlap in our worlds as well. For example, in treating dementia, that's an area that both neurology and psychiatry are highly involved in. So I think those are some ideas of what I think could be relevant and could be helpful. And I think when we look at applications, we're just trying to get an overall view of like, what has somebody spent their time doing? What do they seem actively interested in? I don't think there's a perfect algorithm for um, being well-rounded and also having a strong application, but I think it shines through in the broad picture of things. Yeah, for sure. I do agree with you on that. I think it's really easy to kind of want to follow an algorithm because I feel like there's certain steps and things that we have to take to even apply to medical school. So we're sort of wired that way to think that there's an exact path, but thank you. That's really helpful. Um, and with regards to your particular job now, what would you say are some of the best parts and maybe even some of the worst parts of the job if you have any? Yeah, the best parts for sure are like my patient interactions. I I really love the work that I do. I, um, I've spent a lot of time in kind of the dementia clinics with people who have intellectual disabilities, uh, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis movement disorders, multiple different areas. And I find it really rewarding and such a privilege to be like a part of their care team and interact with them and do my best to try and improve quality of life. So I think that was part of the, the thought of ending up in this field and in psychiatry is that I really wanted to focus on improving someone's quality of life. And uh, with the training in psychiatry, we have psychotherapy uh, training that is mandatory in all residency programs. And I find that really helpful for my interactions in the neurology and other related clinics. So for sure, um, interacting with patients is my favorite part of the job. My other favorite part is my colleagues. I really, uh, really enjoy working in this culture and with other people who um, have a lot of interest in psychiatry, but a lot of interest in other things in their lives and wellness and other areas. So it's a really nice balance and you feel, I feel quite supported. The things that are hard in the job, I think, is that in neuropsychiatry, there's so few people that most of the clinics we work in have very, very long wait lists. And so I very much enjoy uh, seeing new patients, but there is kind of a level at which that's not sustainable. And so I think right now it's the kind of burden of knowing people are waiting to see you and there's not a lot you can do about that as an individual. Um, so that, that can be difficult. Um, and then additionally, I think all physicians and all people in healthcare, the administrative burden can be a lot. And as I'm getting closer to the end of things, like really seeing what that looks like, um, it's just additional work that is not kind of what you picture when you picture being a doctor someday. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I really hope that that waitlist thing changes. And with all of the 
things that you're kind of doing on a day-to-day basis, all the work that you're putting in, do you find that neuropsychiatry is being compensated well? How, how does compensation sort of differ from a general psychiatrist uh, accreditation versus what you are currently doing now? I would say in general, it doesn't. Um, it's not dependent on, you know, having done the fellowship and having a different uh, subspecialty. And, and this is probably province dependent because I have heard in other provinces, certain subspecialties are paid different, for example, child and adolescent versus adult. But in Alberta, that's not the case. You're, you're paid based on your time and the kinds of interactions you're having with patients, with multidisciplinary staff. And so really, neuropsychiatrists are not compensated different than a general psychiatrist. It's more dependent on kind of what setting you're working in and what kind of work you're doing. So, for example, if you work in a team that has multidisciplinary rounds in which you're interacting with um allied healthcare staff and other physicians, you're billing differently. If you're working in a clinic that you have the capacity and it's like a necessary component for um, to have family meetings, that bills differently. Um, but it would be the same as a general psychiatrist. So it's more kind of where you're working and what kind of time you're spending and who you're chatting with during that time uh, that changes the income rather than being a neuropsychiatrist per se. Okay. Yeah. So what does your day-to-day sort of look like? Because when I was shadowing Dr. Poon, she had different sort of setups every single day. Like some days it would be inpatient, some days outpatient, some days she'd be doing procedures. So like ECT and others, she'd be doing uh, cognitive behavior therapy in group sessions. So what is, what is that like for you? Is it, is it different? Is it the same? As a fellow, so this year, most of my time is spent in the neurology clinics. So for those various ones I mentioned, um, movement disorders, uh, cognitive neurosciences or dementia, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, um, and at Arnica, which is a center for people with intellectual disabilities. Um, and then in addition to that, kind of I end up getting second opinion consults from various psychiatrists throughout the city who would like neuropsychiatry to kind of weigh in on a second opinion. And so those are very interesting and like really wonderful uh, things to work on because you're working alongside your colleagues. And typically it's a case that's very interesting or complex in some way. And so that's what my day-to-day looks like as a fellow. Uh, Transitioning into staffhood next year, my plan is to do some general outpatient psychiatry work. Um, So that would not be neuropsych specific. It would be more like schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, anxiety disorders, all those kinds of things. And with that, my plan is to be a cognitive behavioral therapy preceptor and be able to teach residents and uh, utilize those skills in that that setting because it's very, very valuable. And then other than that, I'm hoping to work in some of the neuropsychiatry settings, similar to the ones I mentioned, um, and potentially do some consult liaison work, uh, as well as um, potentially some work in transgender care, which is not related to my fellowship, but an area of uh, extreme interest for me. And so I've been working in that area throughout my, even in medical school, I had an interest in trans care and gender affirming care. And so uh, that's just been something I've continued and had the ability to continue during fellowship, um, although not directly related to neuropsychiatry. Okay, that's awesome. Um, And last question for you, what advice would you give to students who are sort of interested in this field and just in psychiatry in general, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, what would that be? I think that if you're interested in psychiatry and you enjoy your rotations, that it is a really lovely 
field to work in and a really wonderful career path. There is a lot of flexibility, a lot of focus on wellness and having like your work life, but also your outside life. Um, I, I also think that the training in psychotherapy is very helpful. I had a, a resident when I was going through CARMS, I think they were in Halifax. They mentioned to us that like, once you start doing psychotherapy training, every relationship in your life gets better because you're just more self-aware. You're picking up on things that you wouldn't have before. You're just very attuned to kind of other people's emotional processing. And so it's it's been really wonderful for my overall life, I think, to train in psychiatry. So I think if you're interested, um, you like your electives, like do pursue it because there's so much need and it's such a wonderful career. Um, and I think, as I said before, I don't think there's one algorithm. I think it's just showing genuine interest and being keen on something that's really going to show through when I, when I've done interviews, that's what we see is like someone who's genuinely interested in, in having a career in psychiatry and all that entails. So. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And I've heard that statement about you learning a lot more about yourself and evolving with the job. And I think that's something that a lot of things don't really offer. So it's really great that this is a path that students can choose. And I hope a lot of people do consider it as well. But it was so great learning from you today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me.